Um, I want to I want to share some really uh, really cool stuff with you. We've talked last week about seeing Jesus, what it is to actually see Jesus for yourself, not just seeing Jesus as somebody else sees him, or you know you maybe you grew up in a home where your parent was just the epitome of what a Christian should be. God bless you if you were if you were in that position. That is an awesome position, awesome heritage to have. Um, not everybody had that. But if you, you know, if you had that type of thing, then you probably believed a lot of the things that your parents believed, but there came a day where you had to believe things for yourself. You had to find out when you got sick, when mom and dad wasn't around to pray for you, if you believed that Jesus was your healer, right? Or when things got tight with finances, that if you believed that God would bless your storehouse and would give you more than enough. There came a day where you had to believe that. So Jesus is walking along and he says to the disciples, hey, who does everybody say that I am? And they're going on, well, some say this and some say that and some say this. But then Jesus asks this really important question. But who do you say that I am? And Peter gives this profound, amazing answer. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus goes on to say, you know what? Um, Your name is now Peter. And on this rock, not on Peter, but on this rock, basically the revelation of he is Christ, the son of the living God, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. So it's important for us not just to know about Jesus. It's important for us to experience and know him personally on a daily basis, each and every one of us, each and every one of us. So what happened was, as we, we saw last week, he talked about, you know, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, and he told them what goes along with that. Uh, and, and then Peter turns around just a chapter later and rebukes Jesus for saying that he was going to Jerusalem and they were going to kill him. And what Jesus says to him this time is, get behind me, Satan. Wow, what a turn of events. Peter was blessed, and now he's calling him Satan in the next chapter. But it just goes to show you that all of us have our moments, have our days, have our times where, where we're just, you know, not quite up to snuff in our belief. And if you ever have one of those days that you think to yourself, if one more thing happens, don't say it because then you're giving yourself away to the enemy. But you just think to yourself, if one more thing happens, right, we have those days. And sometimes, you know, the devil catches us on those days. And after we get our brains beat out a little bit, we get, get up, dust ourselves off and realize, well, wait a minute, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because I believe that Jesus was enough, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because that I believe that Jesus was enough, all of my sin, past, present and future is forgiven already. If I blow it tomorrow, Jesus already forgave that. And so now I can feel like I can approach my heavenly father instead of cower in fear when I blow it. I used to think that I had to beat myself up for a little bit so that God would see that I'm really sorry and then he would forgive me. I mean, I used to believe that and I wish I could tell you that I used to believe that many years ago. What many? Like five used to believe that. I, I, I never really said it. I never really put words to it, but that's exactly what I believed. Then one day I really came across and understood 
that the grace of God was to send Jesus, the perfect man who never sinned. He took it all for me. And now instead of me working with God, I got to work to do good things so I can earn my way with God. Now it's just, Father, I believe in Jesus, period. And now this, this blessing overtakes me goes now again I, I feel like I have to say this every time do we believe that you should just go out and sin now because we're born again absolutely not when you really understand uh, who God is and 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 what he can give you and and the position that you need to stand in on a daily basis to receive those things we we want to go as far away from sin as we can because that is not the plan and purpose of God for our life but the true matter of the, uh, of the whole thing is, is that what do we believe? You know, God changed Simon's name to Peter. He changed Saul's name to Paul. And he changed Abram's name to Abraham because Abraham meant father of a nation. I think that's really interesting that God changed their name. Sometimes, so my question to you is, is what name do you have for yourself? Anyone, what name do you have for yourself? Is it like, is it like me on the golf course? Nice shot, moron. <laughs> oh, you idiot. Me and Chris were just talking about this the other day. Me and my buddy Chris, just playing golf out there. And he said, you know, I just heard a message on not speaking bad to yourself. And he goes, and here I am, right? I mean, we do that. We do that. So my question is, is how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as in Christ? Do you see yourself as righteous without blemish? Do you see yourself as an overcomer? Do you see yourself as someone that God wants to do miracles through? Do you see yourself as God, someone, God, God wants to do through you blessing and help and grace? Do you see yourself like that or do you see yourself in the light of your own humanity? Well, Peter at this moment saw himself in the light of who Jesus was. And Jesus said, on that revelation, I'm gonna build my church. And what did he say about that? He said, nothing, even the gates of hell cannot overpower it or overtake it because we see. Now, what we saw here was as he changed their names, they became different people. Abram became this, you know, he was at first kind of, you know, I, I think from what I'm reading and what I'm seeing, like this shy, backwards, you know, afraid of his own shadow guy, he turns into the father of many nations. Saul was breathing, mur breathing murderous threats and wanted to kill Christians, and he turned into a guy who preached about the love of Jesus and talked about how much he loved mankind. That's just awesome to me. And it was simply because his name changed. So my question for you is, what is your name? What do you call yourself? Selah. Pause and calmly think about that. We'll keep moving. James 1, through 25 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he, say that's me. that's me, 
He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. We can't forget who he is and because of who he is, who we are. I want to say that again. We can't forget who he is and because of who he is, who we are. Now see, you apart from Jesus... You can think all the negative things you want because they're all true. But when you are in Christ Jesus, this divine supernatural exchange takes place. All your junk, all your garbage, all your insecurities, all the, you name it, whatever's bad is there. You exchange that and Jesus gives you his righteous nature. How is that fair? But yet he did it. He did it for us. And he paved the way and made the way. And now it's just so simple and so easy. We believe that Jesus was enough. And we see ourselves as in him. There are those who never see themselves like Jesus sees them. They go their whole life like that. There are those who just forget who they are. Talked about this guy in this verse. And then there's those who have no idea who they are. I always crack up when I get around people who are quote unquote religious the religious, right? The word religious. I, even the word makes me, it makes me cringe. But people who are religious, who you get around and they, they're telling you all the things. Well, you know, God just needed someone f- f- for heaven sooner than, th- than we wanted him to take him, but God took him. Well, that doesn't line up with about 92 scriptures, but okay. Or, you know, um, well, you know, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Like you're just this piece of junk, but you're saved by grace. That is such a slap and an insult in the face of God. I was a sinner, but now I'm saved by grace. Hallelujah. I'm not the sinner I was anymore. I am this new creature in Christ Jesus. I have this new nature. I have the boldness, the guts to go straight up to God's throne and ask him for whatever I need. Well, that's really presumptuous and rude. The Bible's really full of, if you're going to call that presumptuous and rude, being presumptuous and rude often. (laughs) Going into God's presence often and saying, Father, you said, and so I receive. Father, you said, and so I receive. Well, you know, I don't want to bug God with my little things. He loves to be bugged with your little things. He's just wanting you. To, to give him the little things. But we don't, we kind of just keep the little things and we, you know, throw them an, an occasional big thing. That's not, God's, that's not God's way. Now, in 2 Samuel 9, 1 through 13, we see a type and a shadow. Now, this guy's name in this portion of scripture is named Mephibosheth. Thought about naming my firstborn that. We were going to call him Phibby for short. No, I wasn't. Sam, if you're listening to this, we never thought about naming you Mephibosheth. But there's this guy, Mephibosheth, and he's lame in both of his legs. His legs don't work. People have to carry him around. He's a burden on society, right? Because everyone has to, he needs help. He can't get around without help. So Mephibosheth, how he sees himself, he sees himself as a burden. He sees himself as less than a human being because his legs don't work. 
Now in chapter 9, it says this. Now David said, is there still anyone who is left of the household of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now Jonathan, in case you didn't know, David and Jonathan had this, had this relationship that I would say 98% of humanity does not have. They had this relationship that um, if I had another half hour, I'd bring Hal up here and let him tell you about it because that's one of Hal's favorite things is, is the relationship between Jonathan and, and David. And Jonathan and David sincerely loved one another and would do anything for one another and committed each other's lives that whatever your family needs, I will be there for them and vice versa. So, you know, David, Jonathan's gone. He's, he's dead. And David said, you know, is there anyone to show kindness for? And, and there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when, they called, uh, so when they had called him to David, the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, at your service. Then the king said, is there still not someone of the household of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, where is he? Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Mekur and the son of Amiel in Lodibar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here is your servant. David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table, the king's table, continually. Man, this is a beautiful picture right here because what we're seeing is Mephibosheth, who is us, came in the presence of David, the king, and felt like less than a human being and said, I'm your servant, whatever, whatever you say. Kind of in this low, cowering posture. And David said, listen, because of Jonathan, just like God says to us, because of Jesus, Amen. I'm going to, and you can fill in the blank right there. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to prosper you. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you joy. I'm going to cause you to be a light and a witness to everybody you come in contact with. I'm going to cause you to be blessed so much that you're going to be the envy of people that are all around because I'm blessing your life so much because of Jesus. And that's exactly what uh, David said here. Because of Jonathan, your father, for your father's sake, I will restore to you the land. So he's not only going to give him good things, let him eat at his table. He's going to restore to him all the things that he lost when Saul and Jonathan were killed. He's a type and shadow of Jesus to us. We have been called to continually, just like Mephibosheth, eat at the Father's table of blessing. Continuously, always, all the time. Kindness, the word kindness actually means he's gonna show kindness. He's gonna show him loyal love, unfailing kindness, devotion, love or affection that is steadfast based on a prior relationship. Interesting. He's going to show him kindness that's based on a prior relationship. His relationship to Jonathan, he's now going to show kindness to Mephibosheth because of Jonathan. Continually, he said, you'll continually eat at my table. That's an unending period of time, constant of a never-ending quality, provision that won't run out. Continuity, that which is continuous and uninterrupted in succession. 
That's what he wanted to give Mephibosheth. Then he bowed himself and said, what is, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? Mephibosheth's like, I'm less than a human being. I'm a, I'm a dead dog. Why do you want to be so kind to me? And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, pretty much like the prodigal father, ignored him. What he said, I'm a dead dog. Remember the prodigal son said, I'm not worthy, blah, 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 blah. And he said, bring out the, you know, let's kill the fat calf, bring out the ring, bring out the robe. He just completely blew him off when he said, well, I'm not worthy, I'm this, whatever. He's moving right on. I've given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. You therefore, Ziba, and your sons and servants shall work the land for him. Now think about this for a minute. Whatever your weaknesses are, wherever you fall short, God is going to raise people up and raise systems up around you to fill in those weaknesses. Oh, I'm so thankful for that. Oh my goodness, I'm so thankful for that. You know, Jennifer and I are creatives. We're like creative people. We're, we're inspired by the moment. We're, we're totally feeling type of people. And, and what's the word I'm trying to think? Um, people like a summer who is like, she's got all her ducks in a row and you never have to wonder if she's gonna forget or not because she's got her ducks in a row. That's a very foreign concept to me. <laughs> but I love it when I see gifts like that because gifts like that can come alongside to help me where I'm inept to be more apt. <laughs> and I am so thankful for that. So in this situation, Mephibosheth can't walk. He can't plow his fields. He can't even pick up the grain. He can't do it. So he says, Ziba, you are now called to serve this guy and make sure that he has food to eat. You shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, I'm not, you're not bringing in food for Mephibosheth because Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Lord. Now, Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants, and they all went to work for Mephibosheth. David, who represents the father, ignores Mephibosheth's I'm not worthy shtick. And just like the prodigal father did as, as well. You remember the prodigal father? He's like, oh, father, I'm not worthy to you. Yeah, bring out the robe. Bring out the ring, which restores the righteousness to him. Bring out the fatted calf because my son who was dead is now alive again. And we're going to celebrate. That's how God looks at you guys. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my Lord, the king has commanded his servant. So will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king. He shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Why did he have to say it three times? Because Mephibosheth needed to hear it at least three times to realize, hey, <laughs> I'm going to be eating at the king's table. Woohoo! I mean, the highest, finest dying, he was going to be eating at the king's table for the rest of his life. That's amazing. But he had to tell him three times. How many times has Jesus had to tell you the same truth that you've heard for years and years and years and years and all of a sudden one day, <sighs> I was serving God for 30 years then all of a sudden the lights went on about what grace and righteousness really looks like. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So I don't fear. I really, I just don't walk in fear. I just don't. 
because I'm just so sure that God's going to take care of me. And where I fall short, pfft, he's going to bring summer dossies along. I'm so thankful. Right? I got Jen Walters and, and, and Richards and, and, and I, I got Chuck over here usually playing bass who tells me when I'm doing it wrong. And he's always right. Always. Chuck is always right. But God sends those people along to fill up my hollow spots. I'm so grateful. And I'm able to do something for, you know, my wife and I. It's kind of that reciprocal relationship where there's some things that she always tells me, can you call them? Because you just know what to say. She's so full of it. She just does not want to make the phone calls. She hates being on the phone. So guess who gets to make all the phone calls? Here he is. But um, there's things that, you know, that, that she'll say, well, you know, you could cook yourself something. I'm like, it won't taste as good as, as like when you cook it. <laughs> I'm just not good at it. My wife always takes care of my food needs, and I'm so thankful for that. And wives, do not punch your husband saying anything about that. Or guys, don't punch your wife. Yeah. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who dwelt in the house of Zeba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually, there it is the fourth time, at the king's table, and he was lame in both of his feet. He tells Mephibosheth this three times, and I think you and I need to be reminded of it multiple times over the day. I still, every single day, feed on the grace and the love of Jesus. Every single day, I feed on that. Why? Because you can't talk me out of it now. You can, you can tell me that this isn't going to go right. And you can tell me, oh my gosh, why would you go out and get a building when the world's so crazy and it could just absolutely fall to pieces? Not my problem. It's God's problem. He just told us to go out, start a church, and now go get a building. And, and here we are. And, we, and there'll, be a, there'll be a time soon where I say, hey guys, we got a building. It'll happen soon. I'm not going to worry about it. Well, what happens if everybody, you know, like 2008 and nobody starts giving anymore? That's not my problem. That's Jesus' problem. His will, his bill, you, every little acronym you can think of, you can say. I mean, that's how it is. So I feed on God's love and faithfulness all the time. I don't have to work up faith. It's just automatically there because I'm feeding on his faithfulness and his love all the time. God loves me so much. I mean, it's ridiculous how much God loves me. It's ridiculous. I am his favorite. You may think you are, but I am absolutely his favorite. And you should feel like that too. Amen, amen, amen. He not only took care of him and all his family, but he treated him like royalty, like family, by having him at his own personal table. He also showed, showed uh, Phoebe kindness by having men work his land because he couldn't. He showed Mephibosheth kindness because of Jonathan. Mephibosheth got the blessing given to him because of Jonathan's relationship with David, not anything he had done. That sound familiar? Because the relationship we have with Jesus. That's where I get all of my, all of my, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think? All of my courage from is this connection I have with Jesus. And he continually shows me, I mean daily, continually shows me how much he loves me, how much he cares about me. Well, why does he do that every day? Because I need it. And so do you. And plus, I pray Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19 over my life 
continually that God would show me the width, the length, the breadth, and the height of his love, and I'd understand it, and I'd know it. Faith is easy when you believe God loves you and he's for you. Faith is no big deal. It's just like, oh, okay. Thank you, Father. I received that. But let me read James 1.25 to you, and we'll, and we'll, we'll get out of here tonight. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he or she shall be blessed in their doing their life of obedience. Our only job, guys, our only job is to keep our eyes on Jesus. I, I never thought I would have the relationship that I have with God that I have right now. I never thought that I would know him in such a, a real way that all throughout my day he would speak to me and talk to me and show me things. I just, I always thought that was for the real spiritual people. But I got to tell you that God's got something for each and every one of you that he wants you to come in, in contact with this year. This year is your year to know Jesus in such a real way that nobody can talk you out of his blessing. Nobody can talk you into sickness or poverty or, or garbage that you're just so assured of the love of God that you know Jesus will take care of me. There are some of you who are looking for things and believing that once I get this thing, then I'm really going to be happy. And I really believe the Father saying to you, just look to me and that'll be a part of the package. You don't have to worry about that. So we're just, yeah, go ahead, babe. Yeah, go ahead. John, you got her? righteousness of God. You don't have to fear. God's taking care of you. You have confidence. The, the way that you pull them back is to understand you have a choice. You are not captive to your thoughts. So I've been starting to just this week and I'm noticing such a difference because there's a certain trail that the enemy always tries to take me down and now I'm, no, I have a choice and I'm choosing that God is making a way in this situation, that God is causing springs to come forth where there's desert. And just by saying those words out loud, it stops it. So I just encourage you to maybe try the same. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you, baby. Yeah. So I really want to encourage you just to absolutely look straight into the faultless law of liberty. His name is Jesus. And just see him in scripture. See him um, as you're walking along your day, that God will minister to you and really touch you with the presence of Jesus in such a way. I'm not talking about just that one time that you have in your prayer closet that you really felt like you touched God. I'm talking about walking all day long. I almost feel like I'm, I'm ripping something off because I'm just so happy. I didn't think it was possible to walk in this type of joy, but I tell you, the more that I walk in it, the more I'm just, I'm just so caught up in it. I can't shake it to my right or to my left. I'm loving every minute of it. I just believe that God has that for you. He wants that for you. And don't seek after things 
or people or whatever. Seek after Jesus. And he's going to give you your heart's desire so far beyond what you thought. That's going to blow your mind. Amen? Well, why don't we have every head bowed, every eye closed. If, if you have never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. With an upraised hand in a moment, we are going to pray a prayer with you to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand in a moment. If, if there's someone here, maybe you just want a fresh start and you want, a, you want a, a, a new beginning with Jesus. We can do that tonight. So if that's you, you've never asked Jesus into your heart or maybe you have, but you want a fresh start with the Lord. Can you raise your hand? And I just want to recognize who you are. Anybody? Okay, fantastic. Seems like everybody knows Jesus, loves Jesus. That's awesome. All right. Okay, everybody look at me. You know what this means? We need to invite some folks to church. But at the same time, we're pretty full, so I, I can't complain. Right? But I really want to encourage you, be an inviter. I think I may have Andrea teach a class one week about how to bring people to church consistently because she's just amazing at it. But I really want to encourage you to do that uh, so that we can just absolutely uh, share this joy and this peace that we have. Amen? Amen? Would you stand up? We'll pray and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much tonight for every single person here. I pray the blessing of God over every single family here. I just declare, Father, may the Lord bless you and keep you and shine his face upon you, be gracious to you. May he turn his face toward you and give you peace. I thank you for that, Lord. May your favor just absolutely surround every single person as they go about their week this week and bless them and make them a light, a light that shines in the darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless y'all. We'll see you next Saturday.